Hello, friends. This is Law School in Brief. You're listening to episode 75. No. Um, this is Lydia, one of your co-hosts, joined by... Megan, as usual. Yes, and we've just got a nice content-based episode for you today. We we both what? have like kind of short check-ins, but we're really sticking to the name of Law School in Brief this time. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. Real. This is just how it's happening. So, like, what's the content for today, Megan? Oh, so, um, spoiler alert, not really because I'm about to talk about it, but I turned in my bar application. Um, And so I thought that it might be helpful tonight to talk about what that looked like and what I needed for it and the whole process, because frankly, nobody told me about this. Um, And I think that there are definitely some folks out there who are maybe imminently applying to take a bar examination or thinking that maybe one day they might want to. And I don't know, it's just kind of nice to like have all the info laid out before you. Um, that is very handy for me. I don't know anything about applying to the bar except for the character reference part. Oh yeah, because you're familiar now that I've <laughs> asked you <laughs> to be my character reference. There are many, but we'll get to that later. Yes. Um, okay, Lydia. Yes. Do you have any like top of the episode announcements or things do you want to recap or anything like that? Oh, um, announcements, recaps? I don't think. Uh, I don't even really remember what we talked about last time, but I guess I'll just say, like, good luck to everyone taking the November LSAT. I know we have at least one very loyal follower who is taking it, so please wish them luck, everyone. Um, luck, 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 luck. <laughs> Is that not what you do when you wish luck to someone? I think that worked. <laughs> um, and, man, I mean, I have highs and lows, but I don't have any good updates. Do you have updates? Um, that's the word I was looking for. I was like, sometimes Lydia says things that aren't highs, lows, or mehs, but what are they? They're oh. Updates, not announcements. Okay, I was like, what's the announcement? <laughs> My bad. I don't I'm... have merch. We don't have, <laughs> we don't have a theme song. Um yeah, do you have any updates? I have an announcement. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no updates, but I have an announcement. Um, so in a very fun fusion of two of our very favorite things, um, our loyal follower, Brittany, shout out Brittany, turned me on to a podcast that's really engaging and interesting and totally legal. So it is topical. Wow. Nice. Um, it's called This Land. Have you listened to this, Lydia? No. Oh my goodness. It is so compelling. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. And also, if you're listening to this and you're thinking you might want to listen to This Land when I'm done describing it, don't Google it um, except to find the episodes there themselves because um, it's a little dated. It started in 2019. and. Oh. It follows a court case that went all the way to the Supreme Court called Carpenter v. Murphy. And I don't know it. Yeah, neither did I. Neither did I. Um, but it basically, the holding of this case has the potential to establish that half of the entire state of Oklahoma is Indian country. <laughs> and 
the, these are the words that, that the podcast host uses. Um, and she's a member of the Creek Nation, which is one of the tribes that it would greatly impact. The holding of this case would greatly impact. Um, there's, I mean, and honestly, like not only is the story really gripping, you get a great review on property law, con law, criminal law, civil procedure. There's a murder. There's broken promises. There's, I mean, it's so good. And at the time the podcast was being produced, the Supreme Court was actively hearing oral arguments and like considering the briefs and the legal um, issues presented in them. And uh, well, no spoilers, but the whole day, like the case has been decided at this point in time in 2021. So. Um, okay. It's kind of. Man, it's, it's, I'm sad I didn't find this during my American Indian law class. Oh, yeah. Like... You, sh- you should send it to your professor. I will. It's I will. true. It's truly that good. And it really is packed full of law. Like it's it's way less, you know, flashy narrative storytelling and way more like the the actual implications of holdings on people. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, it's available anywhere that you listen to podcasts um, and it's awesome. And if you feel the need to binge it before Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday, October 11th, you got five days. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. So that's my big update announcement. That's a great update announcement. Um, okay, now on to our, our true format, highs, highs, lows, and mids. And if you have any <laughs> wild animal encounters or Google reviews you want to read, you can throw those in there too. I don't think I've had... Oh, I did have an, a wild animal encounter. Okay, oh. so I saw um, this, like, hummingbird in the wild, like, getting nectar from all of these different flowers, except that it was, like, the ugliest hummingbird I had ever seen. And I was like, that's odd. Why is it so ugly? And I was taking a slow-mo video of it just to, like, watch the wings go slower and showed it to someone, and I was like, you know, it kind of looks like a moth. Like, that's how ugly it is. Oh, my God. And she, she was like, it is a moth. And then I looked, and there's something <laughs> called a hummingbird moth. Oh. And, and now that I know that that's, like, a hummingbird moth, I'm like, that's a beautiful hummingbird moth. But just, like, compared to hummingbirds, yeah. I don't. I feel bad disparaging this creature. It was amazing to watch. It's a very cool animal. <laughs> I have to look uh, this up now. For Lowe's... Uh, just the continuation of the death penalty in the United States. Uh, mm. You might have seen the news that last night Ernest Johnson was executed by the state of Missouri. And that's just not acceptable. Um, and I hate it. Yeah. I didn't so, actually uh, see that in the news, which is really oh, upsetting to me. Well, um, I can send you an article about it. Yeah, and please do. Let's see, significantly more highs. I went floating, which is like a good thing that Missouri has, not like the death penalty. But floating is like such a thing in the Midwest. So I'm very glad that I did it before I graduated. And I hope What do you mean? What is that? This is when either, like, so you go as a big group, ideally 
and you take like a lot of alcohol. This was in the morning, by the way. (laughs) This is so Midwestern already. I'm enjoying it. I was a designated driver, so I was not uh, wasted. Um, But the kind of the goal is to mostly become wasted while you're floating down a river (laughs) and a bus takes you like upstream like however many miles like these companies pop up near sections of like safe rivers like Mm -hmm. safe sections of rivers they drop you off and then you either are in like an individual like inner tube or like on a raft with like eight people but it's not whitewater rafting you are just floating slowly slowly floating and it takes like five hours to get back to the spot where they like where you like parked your car (laughs) is this at all similar to the time that we floated in the Delaware River with Katie Gray? We were kayaking. Yeah, and but my- that was also like functionally just floating. <laughs> like we were yeah. really. <laughs> but you could pretend that you were doing a sport. <laughs> this is absolutely like there no pretext of that. Just, okay. just floating in an inner tube. <laughs> I think we had so. the requisite amount of alcohol <laughs> for floating. Yeah, that's- <laughs> yeah. Um so that that was a huge high. I also took Raja to campus. We didn't go inside the law school, but we hung out in the yard outside. On oh his my leash. god! And it was on his leash. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, also, Sukkot was awesome. It was kind of exhausting because it was like seven nights of outdoor dinner parties. Wait, but... what is this? What do I not know? Oh. I'm sorry. I thought I mentioned that last episode, but Maybe Sukkot. You did, and I was. I'm so sorry. Remind me. It's okay. It's a like a Jewish ha- harvest festival where you build these kind of like huts, kind of, but it doesn't have a roof. It has like some material, but you're supposed to be able to like look through that material to see the stars. So it has oh, like wow. a couple walls in that and the roof, and you're supposed to spend as much time in there as possible. But I just had dinners in there. And so I, I like have like this outdoor table and I like decorated it. I'll send you a picture. Who built the structure? Well, I have a kit. <laughs> a kit? Yeah, because shout out to Tamar for trying uh, to help me make a sukkah when we lived together in Boston. But I'm really not an engineer. And we got all these supplies and built it. And I'm like, it'll be fine. Um, and it fell down like immediately and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Um, but <laughs> so I got it from a kit. I really admire your ability to celebrate holidays from all different like religions <laughs> and, and countries and faith-based organizations. Oh, you're going to love the party I'm having coming up. What? Haunted Oktoberfest. It's going to be before everyone else has their Halloween parties, but it'll set the bar for the Halloween parties. Oh so it'll be haunted vibe, but also Oktoberfest. <laughs> oh my God. Why did I just spend my Southwest miles going to Chicago when I could have gone to St. Louis? Ew. For haunted Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. I don't know. I don't know. So that that's that's basically my my update. I mean, there's much more boring stuff going on but you know when you do every three weeks the benefit is that you get the best of the best i I will say last night billy made me chilaquiles and they were really good so that's a high too but i don't remember all the other food 
I love chilaquiles. That's like one of my breakfasts of choice. That's great. That and huevos rancheros. Mm. Also mm-hmm. so good. Yep. Um, well, I kind of already spoiled my big high, but it's that I turned in my bar applications. Yes, <laughs> yes. excellent. Yeah. So applications to take the North Carolina bar exam were due yesterday, October 5th, um, and mine got in, so I don't have to pay those horrible late fees. But I did spend about $1,100, I'm guesstimating. Um, and that's just for the privilege of that's taking so much money. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. It's insane. It's like, oh, yeah, like the people. Well, I don't want to get too into it right now. But the funniest thing is, to me, and cruelest, um, the board of law examiners asks you to give like a whole log of all of your debts like credit card if you're delinquent on anything student loans and then they like lump that in with your character and fitness so to me that says they're judging your character and fitness part in part based on how much debt you have but that's after uh, they like bent your back to you know spend two hundred thousand dollars going to law school or whatever <laughs> so yeah um, and yeah. then tack on the extra $1,100 for the bar exam. Like, yeah, oh. for the privilege of taking the test. You don't even know if you're, like, going to pass. Uh, and then do you pay all of that? Can any of that be, like, used again or something? Like, No. Are there... No. Really? If I, yeah, if I like, didn't... Even the character reference, you'd have to get that again? Yeah, and you have to get different people. What? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I bet you're about to break it down, but we should do highs and lows and stuff because I'm yeah. going to like have so many reactions as you start. Yeah. Reactions, <laughs> questions, curse words. I welcome them all. Um, my second high is that the judge that I am interning with has asked me to draft an opinion, which is kind of a big deal because yeah. now that means my work will be actually searchable and citable. Like Holy crap! Westlaw. Yeah. Holy crap! Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That is um, wild. I know. I mean, it's like, it's awesome because I know that it's my work and it's just like his name on it. And like, I mean, obviously he like looks it over and like makes sure that he agrees with everything that I've said. And it goes through the clerks and the staff attorney and everybody edits my work. But like I draft it. Um and it it won't be attributed to me, but still, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And the case that I'm writing the opinion for is a family law case, too. So perfect. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. And it's like just a, a big compliment. Hmm? Is that why you were chosen to write it? No, I think it was kind of just like happenstance. Um mm. Yeah, I I don't think I was, (laughs) I think it could have been any type of case. And he was just like, I want Megan to draft this opinion. So nice. Yeah. So that was a pretty big high feeling pretty good about my legal writing skills, which is like few and far between. So, um, I'm, did you already do like, oh yeah, you did lows and meds. You were so fast. Yeah. I just thought, you know, we want to hear the content. That's right. That's right. And I appreciate it because, because Adam (laughs) and I, so I'm, I listeners at home, I'm the one rushing us along this evening because I promised Adam that we would have like a celebratory kind of date night because he is on fall break as of like 30 minutes ago. Um, 
So he and I have plans to watch the, is it the Many Saints of Newark? Yeah. That Amazing. sounds right. Yeah. Um, I anywho. watching that. It's like, I have to, I have to do all of these things before 9 PM because I'm such a baby and I go to bed very, <laughs> very early. Um, okay. So that was my big high. My lows and my meh are kind of hand in hand and it goes, it, it fits nicely in with my high of having turned in my VAR application because like the initial release of having that big thing over and done with um, mm-hmm. was very short lived because now I'm starting to feel the pressure of bar prep. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And like, I'm taking this class at school that I've mentioned before, it's called bar exam foundations. And it's something that Elon does that not all law schools do. Yeah, we don't have that. I want that. Yeah, it's great. And I actually took two more of these classes last spring, just to kind of like wet the old whistle, (laughs) dip the toes (laughs) back in the, the stuff I need to learn. Um, which made this feel even worse. So like we did a 30 question diagnostic that was all on property and evidence. And the class average was like 55% and I only got 43%. Oh, I know. And then I was like, Oh no, I'm an idiot. And I had to remind myself though, that like I took the diagnostic and I didn't do it like very seriously. And I, you know, it was open note, but I didn't even use notes because I was feeling kind of cocky and like over it. <laughs> and then <laughs> I didn't review any outline beforehand. So I, I, I'm telling myself that that's, you know, if I'd done all of those things, I would have hit the class average at least. Of course. Um, yeah. But like Absolutely. seeing that stat still made me feel like shit. So um, yeah. And then, and thus begins the spiraling. So <laughs> You know, it's like I, I get this 43%. The class average was 55. And then I'm like, oh, well, if I'm doing so poorly now, then I should feel guilty about the fact that I'm taking three days off to go to Adam's family's house for Christmas. Because those are three days that you could be studying, you fucking no. dumbass. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is, <laughs> I'm saying these things out loud because when they live in my head, they are so valid. But then when I say them out loud, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Excellent. I can always be your sounding board for that. Right. <laughs> right. pro going home. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's just so silly. So those are kind of my lows and my mess. And, it, you know, it's only made worse by the fact that I can't do anything about it right now. Like when you buy a bar prep course, that stuff doesn't activate until like 12 weeks before your bar exam. Right? So yeah. Really? I mean like, yeah. If you were to like buy Themis right now, let's say you wouldn't have access to all of the Themis materials. Like it is, they set it up so that you are in their class for like six hours a day. And then you're doing oh. work on your own, like four hours. Um oof. And it's really, really regimented. So yeah, it's like I'm stuck. I'm just stuck in limbo where like I have all of this guilt for the studying that I'm not doing, but I couldn't do anyway because I can't access the materials. Wow, that sounds horrible. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to my brain space. Oh. Um, but in slightly better news, I not better news, um, neutral news, mm. I have begun thinking about what I want my bar study setup to look like. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like I actually started doing this a couple months ago 
and I turned our spare bedroom into an office and I got these two great bookshelves next to me and I've started decorating it with like art that makes me feel good and lighting that makes me feel calm, um, furniture that makes me feel comfy. The only thing is my desk chair is so uncomfortable. Oh no. That's arguably like the most important piece of furniture for when you're sitting eight to 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a call to all listeners because if, if y'all have a chair that you love and feel like passionately about and it's ergonomically sound and comfy for a long sitting period, please forward me these recs. You can, you can do that by going to Twitter at law school and brief. <laughs> you can also go to our website and fill out the contact form. And I will be checking because I do really need <laughs> a good chair. <laughs> this is yeah. Yeah, I'm so serious. Yeah. 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 You need to have a good chair. I don't know. What's your chair like, Lydia? I got a free chair from someone on the internet and it's okay. pretty comfortable. Free chair is a good way sh- to go. I would just ship it to you if you needed it. Cause I'm usually like sitting like a pretzel on the couch or like upside down or something. <laughs> like I'm rarely actually in a chair. If you really need, if you can't find one anywhere, I'll just ship it. You are the sweetest and I love you. <laughs> The, the Instagram algorithm has been really trying to get me to buy this like kneeling chair. Me too. Um, and I'm really like, very tempted, but I know that I, I, I've, I've looked into it before. Like you can't actually sit on those all day and have it be like good yeah. for you. I mean, it yeah. sounds great in theory. It's like a good option though. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but something about like Instagram ads reminds me of that thing that you bought off of. Uh, you know what I'm gonna say it's like the muscle toner thing yeah it was that you invested from, in it was from kickstarter That's and it, it was this like ab workout thing that involved a lot of thrusting but it guaranteed <laughs> that you would be like build your core without breaking a sweat and I was like I need to have a better core because I have really bad posture and I don't like working out so this is great and then they just never ever sent it to me and you never got your money back right no it had been spent it had been spent wow (laughs) ugh yeah I get I get this a similar vibe off of the kneeling chair (laughs) Uh, ah yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah like there are sure who make kneeling chairs if you end up going that route who makes kneeling chairs there are just other places but they are expensive yeah that's such a bummer yeah. anywho um shall we get to the meat of this episode yeah yeah you yeah, like absolutely. it good yeah. see this is one of the rare moments where Elon being a 2.5 year program, check your yes. bingo cards, people. Yes. Comes in handy because I can give you a preview of the horrors to come. I yeah, I'm loving this. Thank you, Elon. <laughs> oh, on behalf of Elon, you are so welcome, Lydia. <laughs> so very welcome. Ooh, did you hear that? That was my stupid ass chair. <laughs> I didn't hear it. <laughs> you didn't? Oh, I thought it was so loud. It made the, I like slightly shifted and it just creaked like very, very loudly. 
Oh, um, I missed it because I was kind of thinking of like whether we should make an, like any kind of disclaimer that we don't speak for our universities. But then I was like, no, probably that's fine to not have it. But now I've said that we don't speak for our universities. And also, you know what? That's a really good thought. We don't speak for our universities. All, and everything I'm about to tell you, triple check because I am but a marginally informed 3L. So do not take anything I say as gospel, okay? Okay. I'm just gonna tell you what I did, and then you know I only submitted my application like a week ago, so I could I could be wrong and like not even know it yet. So, right. so with all of that said, excellent disclaimer. Whew. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why you all listen to us, but here we go. <laughs> um. Okay. So the bar exam really like I was racking my brain trying to think of what the best place to start would be and really I think it's picking your state where do you want to practice the law right so I thought about that when I was applying to law schools I thought like okay wherever I go to law school is probably going to be where I build my network so in turn it'll be where I sit for the bar. And then I'm like only licensed to practice law in that state. So I was kind of forecasting that, you know, three years ago and North Carolina was it for me. But Lydia, you have a little bit of a different situation, right? Like you're. Yeah, I had no idea where I wanted to like live after law school. And then the decision was made for me because the only offer that I got and the best offer I could have gotten, I should say, of course, is at a firm in New York. And so I was like, okay, I'll be taking the New York bar. Yeah. Even though, yeah. I don't know if I'll live there forever, but. And is New York a UBE state? What does that mean, Megan? I actually, I know what it means, uniform bar exam, but I don't know. I don't know if New York is one. Okay. <laughs> it is, but I don't know what that means. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm going to look it up right now. Does that um, mean that I don't have to retake the bar? Or if I go to another state that has UBE? Not necessarily. It depends on that state, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, okay, okay. Also, New York is a UBE state. Okay, cool. So Lydia, what is the UBE? I don't even know because it sounds like the same thing as the MBE, like universal bars, bar exam, multi-state bar exam. I don't know. What's like, does one allow you to practice elsewhere in the universe and the other one only in the United States? Like, I don't know. Yeah, so if you if you take the bar in a UBE jurisdiction, you can actually practice law in on Mars. Um, <laughs> so, I'm kidding, of course. Um, but maybe one day that would be so sick. Anyway, the UBE UBE stands for Universal Bar Exam, and this is a fairly recent advent. This wasn't always the case um, for the longest time. Can you hear that? I heard that. I heard that. That, wow. is a... <laughs> that sounds kind of like a pile of like springs in a junkyard. Oh my God. That's funny. No, that's <laughs> actually Harper's automatic feeder going on. Oh, I thought it was your chair and I was really concerned. Springs in a junkyard. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Okay. So, so the uniform bar exam is a uniform bar examination that's administered in states that recognize it. So for the longest time, each state had its own bar exam, meaning they were testing applicants and people who were taking the test on the laws 
that were specific to that state and then probably like some federal stuff too because cotton law is a thing um now you know people move around so much and like there are firms that have multiple locations and i'm sure there are a whole lot of other policy reasons but the uniform bar exam makes it so that if your state if the state that you sit for the bar exam in administers the ube then depending on it on your score like let's assume your score is high enough to practice in any jurisdiction you can take your passing score from the state that you sat the bar in and you can practice law in any state where they also administer the ube Um, you can do that without knowing that state's like specific state law well not so this is where I give you like the big, the big asterisks and the like, you know, it depends and the but fours. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty typical that states have their own state specific component. Like in North Carolina, it's administered completely separately from the bar exam itself. Oh, so okay. like if I took and I will take the the North Carolina bar, um. And I wanted to move to, let's say, Texas, which very recently adopted the the UBE. I think they adopted it in July, like two months ago, (laughs) right? Um, I would have to first make sure that my score was high enough to practice in Texas. Um, Because that could be different than North Carolina's score? Yeah. So so each state has their own minimum passing score. In North Carolina, the minimum passing score is 270. Um, So let's say that I take the bar and I get a 270. I I got the minimum score, but I can still (laughs) practice in North Carolina. But there are other UBE states that I could not practice in. So like Alaska's minimum score is 280. It's the highest. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Colorado, I think, is 276. Idaho is like 272. So I wouldn't be mm-hmm. able to take my, my score wouldn't be portable there, but I could go anywhere else where the minimum passing score was 270 or lower. Okay. Um, so that's What's the UB. lowest, you know? Oh, God. I think it's, I actually just had this map up UBE states. I want to tell say me it's New York. <laughs> no, it's not. I think New York is also a 270. Um, All right. Okay. Let's see. Oh, you're just, okay, wait. UBE scores by state. Okay. Minimum scores. Here we go. All of this information, by the way, is searchable on the National Conference of Bar Examiners. Just Google mm-hmm. that and you'll find all of this. So, Um, the lowest minimum passing score is a 260. And if you get a 260, you can practice in Alabama, Minnesota, Missouri, New Mexico, and North Dakota. Missouri, baby. Here we go. (laughs) You already know. All Um, right. Let's see. Um, New York City. Oh, New York. What am I saying? They have their own. (laughs) Can you imagine cities having their own? Um, Okay, so in New York, you have to just you have to get a 266. So okay. if I got a 270, I could practice in New York, which would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the rough overview of how that all works. And like, you know, there I, I have classmates right now that are strategizing about where they're gonna take the bar. Um, because it's like maybe they want to practice in a jurisdiction that doesn't do the bar or the UBE 
but they want to get a UBE out of the way. So that way they have a fallback if they don't pass the state specific one. Um, oh man. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, anyway, so that's, kind of, that's sort of the difference between a UBE state and a non-UBE state. And like, in my opinion, so many of the cool states are not UBE states. Like <laughs> California, you have to take and pass their specific bar. Same with Nevada, Louisiana, Wisconsin. Um, it's just, uh, let's see, where else? Randomly, South Dakota, Mississippi, Jeez. Georgia, Florida, ah. Virginia, Delaware, and Michigan. Those are the some of these the make up. more sense to me than others. This is interesting. And so then, what's the MBE? The MBE is the multi. Oh my god! Wow. The MBE. All I know that is is like that's the multiple choice. Oh, it's just a section of the UBE. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And then the MEE is the multi-state essay exam. And then the MPT is the multi-state practical... Uh, I don't know what the T stands for. Um, test? In the, maybe Wait. test. Yeah, I don't know. In the MPT... Yeah, okay, so this is good. This is good. So when you take the bar exam, there are three different components there's the MBE, which makes up like 50% of it. And that's just the straight multiple choice. Like you're grinding through a hundred questions at a time. Um, I know. And then um, the MEE is the essay exam. So that's where you're getting, I think like three or four prompts, maybe more. And um, you're given like a very short fact pattern, maybe like a couple paragraphs. And then you're asked to write a response to what you think, like the applicable law. You have to look at the call mm. of the question, but you're writing a response to whatever that fact pattern is. And then the MPT is the practical skills section. So you're asked to draft, let's say, like a memo to your supervising attorney about, you know, um, maybe like the state of the law on adverse possession in Missouri or something like that. And they'll give you facts, but you have to like write it as the, as you would if you were in a, in a law firm setting. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah. I've used some of those like bar essays to study for ex law school exams. And they're like not as detailed as what a professor gives you, but they're good for like going over the basics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just agree. looked that up too. And I think I kept saying universal bar exam. It's uniform. So then multi-state is oh like part of it uniform. uniform. Wow. So, okay. Cause I kept being like, Oh, what's the difference between universal and multi-state? But now I see it's all part of the uniform. Why don't they just call it the multi-state bar exam that has the multi-state essay exam, the multi-state performance test and the multi-state bar exam. Why? Why? You know, it, it seems a little counterintuitive. They're they're really trying to be multi-state or uniform, but not both at once. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. Well, from now on, I'm going to refer to it as the universal bar exam. I feel Absolutely. so so funny. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Okay, so now that we've covered like what the UBE, the universal bar exam. Is, <laughs> Versus not um, how to decide like which test you're going to take, the pros and cons, that kind of thing. Um, let me tell you about my experience uh, applying to take the North Carolina bar exam. Okay. 
So by now you know North Carolina is a UBE state, meaning whatever score I get, let's fingers and toes crossed it's higher than 280, I can take that score and practice in any jurisdiction that also recognizes the UBE. But um, like only for a certain amount of time, right? Yeah, there are definitely time constraints. Like uh, I think, so well, I don't, I, I don't know enough about it to get into like the super deep dive detail. But okay, I think the like sometimes this your score is only good for two, two to five years. I think is kind of the margin. Um, so weird. I know. Oh, they just love our money. They just want our money and no, our happiness. They do. Speaking of, in North Carolina. The application to take the bar, if you file it on time, is eight hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> oh, you you uh, think that's bad? Ooh. Oh my goodness! Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you that's hear me? So weird. The like sound dropped out for a second, and I think it's because my headphones are dying. Oh okay. no! We're just gonna keep pushing. Um, okay. Okay. You think that's bad? In Missouri, the application fee is $910. I looked this up. Oh, God. Okay. How much is it in New York? Uh, oh, I didn't look that up. I just, I just, uh, for this one I'm not particular piece. Okay. I'll look it up. I actually, it took me so long to figure out all the like requirements for North Carolina that I just did not have the time to do a comparison based on states. I like had the yeah. thought that I wanted to do like North Carolina, Missouri, and New York all together, but like it's, I feel like they make it purposefully confusing. Like this mm -hmm. was something that I experienced and a lot of my other classmates experienced. Like we just didn't know exactly what they wanted. Um, mm. You would think that they would give you a checklist, but there's a lot of, you know, if this, then that, but if not this, then not that. But sometimes you might need this. It depends on if you did this. It's like, Oh my oh. God. Just, <laughs> So I erred on the side of caution and I sent them every, I sent them like two copies of everything. I don't care if they only needed one. I was like, just you <laughs> that figure this makes out. Makes sense. Yeah. So fees. New York is 250 bucks. Huh? 250 for New York. 250? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, this is some bullshit. How much is the laptop fee? Okay, hold on. I saw in North Carolina, like the laptop fee is 125. And oh, in Missouri, gosh. the laptop fee is 105. It's 100 in New York. Oh my god, that's so reasonable. Not, not even. Why do I have to pay anyone for a fee well, for stuff? Yeah, I guess when you're like used to being abused by the board of law examiners, <laughs> then <laughs> 300 dollars <laughs> seems really, really kind. Um, so anyway, it's like it's it's over a thousand dollars. You know, it was, I cut North Carolina Board of Law oh. Examiners a check for $975. Oh my gosh. Um, if you were sitting in Missouri, you'd be cutting that Board of Law Examiners a check for $1,115. Yes. And that's not even including the cost of the documents that you need. Like, there are so many little costs that add up. Like, a birth certificate is 50 bucks. Like, getting fingerprinted can cost you money. You have to um, send an original birth certificate? You have to send in a certified birth certificate. Oh my god! <laughs> which I think is basically an original birth certificate. It's not like the one that was handed to your parents, but a, I had to show a birth certificate to get my passport. Why can't I just send in my 
pa- copy my password. Uh. That's because uh, this is a gatekeeping mechanism, Lydia. If we oh, wanted it to be right, easy, right, right. we would. Yeah, <laughs> this would be easy, but it's not supposed to be. Um, right. Yeah. Great point. So, so those are the fees. Like those are the upfront fees. Like I'm out probably eleven hundred dollars just to take this exam. Um, are there that Elon offers specifically for these things, or do you just have to have this money? They offer. They do. Elon does offer loans. Elon offers loans for to cover your bar exam expenses, um, your bar prep course expenses, and then I think they do have loans for people who like need a little extra money, um, you know, while they're, while they're studying. That's, that's excellent. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't quote me on that last part. I know the first two are for sure real because I took them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really trying to not take the other ones, but you know, we'll see. It's nice to have like a little ACE in my back pocket if I need it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, so it seems kind of par for the course that applications to take the any bar exam are open for about two months. This, I, I didn't look at every single state, but North Carolina's opened on like August 1st and closed on October 5th. So we had two full months to get it done. Okay. Um, I will say this right now. Do not be like me and wait until September 1st to start doing this because you need like at minimum one month to get everything together. And I got my application in by the skin of my teeth because certain things I just had no control over. Like I did not appreciate how long it would take me to get a certified birth certificate. Um, so I'll, I'll get to that a little more later. Um, but like giving yourself more than a month to get everything together will be necessary for your mental health and well-being. Okay. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. So like, here's a good example. I started my application on September 1st and I like made a list of everything I needed to get and I needed to get fingerprinted, right? I think most people Mm -hmm. do to take the bar. Well, to get fingerprinted, you have to go to like the sheriff's office or something like that. So I contacted the sheriff's office in Guilford County, which is where Greensboro is. And they were completely booked because there were all these bar takers who needed to get fingerprinted. So now how long could it possibly take to like takes like 10 minutes, but I think they only have like one person to do it for one hour a day on certain days or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Not only that, but you have to get like special fingerprint cards. Like you have to provide them with the fingerprint cards. And it's like, (laughs) it looks like a Scantron. I'm like, where, where does one obtain such a thing? Um, Gosh. Luckily, Elon provided them for us, but like I had to like ask around. It it wasn't readily apparent. So now I'm already like searching high and low for special finger fingerprint scantrons, and I can't go get fingerprinted by the sheriff here. So I'm calling around other sheriff's offices and asking if they could fingerprint me. And I finally got a hold of one um, that was like 45 minutes away, and they were like asking me a couple questions, and they asked me if my current address matches the address on my ID. And I said, no, it doesn't. Cause I, I hadn't updated my address since we moved to this oh. house. It was still my apartment um, oh, in Greensboro. It's not like I was trying to get ID'd with a California license, but they were like, yeah, we can't ID you unless they match. And now I'm like, fuck. Nice. So now 
to get fingerprinted, I have to first go to the DMV to get a new driver's oh. license with my oh, new that's also on expensive. It. Gosh. You can only imagine. Like the DM I am like so low on the priority list here. So luckily I applied for this new ID and it came with like a week to spare. And it came the day I was scheduled to get fingerprinted. I was prepared to go to the sheriff's office and just like give them my ID. And if they did and just hope that nobody noticed because I was going to be so shit out of luck. Yeah. (laughs) It's so stressful. It is really stressful. It is really stressful. And I was going to submit the fingerprint with like an addendum to the board of law examiners that explained you know, the inconsistency in my address and that I will get them updated fingerprints when, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So here's, here's all of that to say, here's a list of the things that you need to track down to have a complete bar exam application. Yes. Incredible. And this is just for North Carolina. And again, again, I don't know if I did it right because I'm waiting to hear on if they rejected any piece of mine. Okay. Um, Okay. So you need two sets of fingerprints done by like a sheriff or some equivalent. You need a certified copy of your birth certificate, which you can get through vitalcheck.org. It, mm. I ordered mine on September 1st and I got it one month later and it cost me $50. Wow. wow. Yeah. You, you need certified copies of your driving record from every state that you've ever had a license in North Carolina. Super easy to get. You just order it online. California, which is big enough to be a country, doesn't do it online. No. They, do you go there in person? You have to mail. Thank God you don't have. I almost was oh, like, do oh. I have to buy a plane ticket home? Um, no. You, or, you go online, download this form, print the form, hand write on the form, hand fill out the form, I should say put it in an envelope, send it to a P.O. box in Sacramento, and just wait. <laughs> and so I read online, it's How so, that... it's archaic. Like, what? is this 1999? I thought <laughs> we could do everything online now. Um, anyway, so I do that, and I'm like, yeah, I'll be lucky if I ever see this envelope again. But, like, magic it appeared in my mailbox about a week before the deadline. So I got both of those, but still, I mean, that shaved a couple, I'd say a couple hours off my overall life. Like I was like, this is really stressful. Um, Okay. Moving on. You need a statement of all of your debts and student loans. So any like debit card, credit card, 401k account, like anything like that you need, all of that financial information in one place. If you have any debts over a thousand dollars, which <clears throat> I do, um, <sighs> you had to you had to claim that, give like the bank name, the balance, and then explain yourself. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's like so. Explain to me why you have this two thousand dollar, you know, Chase. Uh, balanced and it's like well i don't know i've been living on student loans for the last three years yeah things cost money i'm an adult (laughs) yeah Yeah. um and i and i think really what they're getting at they're just trying to figure out whether or not 
you know, you're delinquent or like you don't pay your bills. And so I, from what I've gleaned on the internet, it's like, it doesn't really matter how high the balance is. It's more just like, do you pay your debts? Fine. Mm. But all of that's lumped in with your character and fitness, which is just such bullshit. Um, it really is. Yeah. It's I like, know you said gatekeeping once, but I mean, it bears repeating. <laughs> right. Right. Like how, how is the affidavit of debts lumped in with your morality? Like, yeah. what? <sighs> anyway. Um, from there, you need transcripts from every school you've gone to. And that takes a couple weeks to get. Even abroad? Even abroad. Actually, no. my, my <laughs> classmate Gabby, shout out to Gabby if she's listening, um, told me that she studied abroad in Ireland. And when she contacted the university for her transcript, they said, we have no record of you going here. <laughs> and then she was like, shit. Oh my God. So she like contacted a couple other people and found out that the program was actually like in a very covert makes it seem nefarious, but it was like, it was like there was a university in Kentucky was the university that actually was sponsoring this study abroad program. Oh, that's but like that was not apparent at all to the people participating in the program. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like contacting this admin office in Kentucky. Like, Hey, I guess I went here. Allegedly. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So once you get your transcripts, you good? No, you still have a lot more shit. Um, <laughs> At the address of every place you've ever lived and how long you lived there. That's I know we talked about this. That's going to be my hell. Yeah, it was my hell too. Um, once you're done with that, you have to list every job you've ever had, regardless of whether you got paid for it. Um, what? Then regardless how you, of, what's a job then and what's volunteering then? Right. I know. It's like the oh. line is so blurry. And when I asked questions like that to our advisors, they were like, just err on the side of caution, like list everything. Cause at, at the end, like this application is just supposed to be you like vouching for your own character and fitness and truthfulness. So it's better to overshare than undershare. Right. Um, then you have to submit a handwriting sample submitted in duplicate as the application says. So two handwriting samples um a passport photo phrase like the lazy yeah they give you like a a couple sentences you have to write it's basically like an honor code thing yeah yeah um a passport photo taken of yourself in the last six months um ironic since you can't use your passport as an identity (laughs) document (laughs) that's right um multiple notarized authorization forms And then last but certainly not least, you need to have 12 character witnesses, eight of which, 12, eight of which are contacted directly by the board of law examiners and four of which you as the applicant hand select to fill out an affidavit of character for you. But then that person who's doing it also has to get it notarized and sends it directly to the the board of law examiners. Um, (laughs) Which you know all about, Lydia. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. Anytime. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best. Yeah. So I just wanted to give shout outs to all of the people that did that for me. 
in no particular order. We have Bizzle, Emil, Lily, Ryan, Elsa, Emily, Bobby, Kathleen, Kaylin, Celia, Cynthia, and last but not least, Lydia. Oh, yeah. Got it. Um, so now that you have all of that together, you submit it electronically first. And then once you do that, you have to print the application double-sided and make two copies. Why? I don't know. And then you put all of that together in a big envelope. You take it to the post office and you wish the hard copy well on its journey to Raleigh. Um, <laughs> and then once your app is in, you just kind of sit back and wait to hear from the board of law examiners. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I've been told that a few weeks before the test, they email you out a ticket or something like a ticket that tells you which testing location you're going to be at. And gives you all the game day rules, like what you can and can't bring in. Kind of like at the LSAT. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, once I get there, uh, we can obviously do an episode about that. Um, but I did, I did today hear some kind of funny jurisdiction-specific anecdotes. Okay. Um, like, Professor Lane, who is one of our professors in the Office of Academic Success, and she holds our hand through the bar exam. She was saying that, like, you know, the fairgrounds where a lot of people take the exam just have multiple different microclimates. So it could be like 55 degrees in one place and 80 in another. Uh, but you're not allowed to wear any hoodies that have like a pocket in the front or a hood. So she tells everybody to bring like several crew neck sweatshirts and then they can just like <laughs> take those on and off as needed. Um that is said, a great piece of advice, but I just want to back up to the part where you said the fairgrounds where you take the bar exam. What? Is yeah. it outdoors because of COVID? No, at I the, think it's all it's always been at the fairgrounds. Outdoor in like I don't a think field? I don't think it's outdoors. No. I think oh. I think it's like a big indoor venue. This is the most North Carolina thing I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay i i can i'm envisioning it now well i mean i would rather take it um in a, in a few crew neck sweatshirts in north carolina than in virginia because i hear that in virginia everybody sitting for the bar has to wear a full suit what yeah you have to sit for the bar <laughs> wearing a That's full so suit uncomfortable. i know i know <laughs> uh, I got all of our friends with sensory issues. They have to sit there in a suit and be tested yep. on their knowledge. Oh my gosh. Yep. Wow. Ugh, you hate to hear it. Does it have to be a professional suit? Could it be a swimming suit? No, I, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> this I don't know. This I don't know. Maybe we should take the Virginia bar just to troll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, with that, I've concluded my bar application knowledge. I am so happy for you that you finished the bar after all of that. Finish the bar wow. application. The bar is oh, a bar thing all together. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's too professional for the air horn. I just thought you should get a round of applause. Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Well, do you have anything else for the listeners or for me? Oh no, just I will just send good vibes to the to the bar exam office sending. I just want them to approve you ASAP. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, good vibes all around. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye, listeners. Bye, Megan. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, see you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.